Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Today, Donald Trump has asked the Supreme Court for a stay in the D.C. Circuit Court's ruling on immunity while he applies for a petition for cert. The federal judge presiding over the Musk Twitter case has ordered him to schedule a deposition again. A Republican Michigan lawmaker loses his staff and his committee assignment after an online racist post. Donald Trump is considering Laura Trump for RNC chair, and the Senate foreign aid package consideration is underway. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Tuesday, my friend. Happy Tuesday to you. Whoa. That was a good Super Bowl. It was a good game. It was a good game. I mean, the first lesson, the first quarter, first half was a little bit sleepy, sleepy. Deep state CIA win. Oh, yeah. But the second half, I mean, come on. That was a good game no matter who you were going for. That was good. It was really good. Yeah, the first three quarters maybe were like, "Eh." Yeah, but sleepy, sleepy. 
whew, it really it heated up at the end there. And uh, fantastic finish. Overtime, you know, so ended good. up, and I think, 22-25 or something like that. Very interesting score. Uh, I like the new rules. I like the new overtime rules where you get a chance to answer. Absolutely. You should get a chance to answer. I think Absolutely. so, too. I and so uh, too. that tweet, I know you sh- you're the one who brought it to my attention. I mean, our president. <laughs> I had to triple check that that was actually our president. Yeah. I was like, this is not parody. It's um, so good. The he, yeah, he tweeted out a dark brand to me just as we expected it or just as we scripted it or whatever. It was uh, calling out all basically all the conspiracy theories that Taylor Swift, this is a whole Kansas City Chiefs psyop from the Pentagon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just absolutely bright. I think it's up to like half a million likes. It's went pretty viral. And then, of course, yeah. the meme that came out of uh, Kelsey screaming at the coach. Oh God! Um, is has has also gone viral. Boy, the the MAGA tears are delicious today. I hope everyone I mean, enjoys them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, the Senate right now, but they wheeled TVs into the chamber so they could watch the Super Bowl while they're dicking around in there. And the reason they're they're working on the foreign aid package, and the reason okay. it's taking so long is because Rand Paul is being a prick, and. Those aren't my words. Those are Senator Fetterman's words. (laughs) I love Senator Fetterman. (laughs) It's like, we're here right now because of one prick. And and basically because, you know, one guy can object to preventing unanimous consent. So they have to go through all of these procedural votes and then they have to wait 30 hours and do another procedural vote and wait and then they can vote to advance and then wait another 30 hours and then they can vote on cloture. Normally, these kinds of things just, you know, go quickly through unanimous consent. But Rand Paul is there being a prick and preventing all that from happening. So um, there, there appears to be enough votes to pass the bill once it actually the full bill gets to the, the Senate floor for a full vote. Mm-hmm. But then we have to see what happens to it in the House. Well, you know that stuff like this makes me think that his neighbor was onto something. <laughs> For Rand Paul's, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, uh, this. first of all, this is the bill that funds Ukraine, Gaza, and humanitarian aid to, to Palestinians, and funds Israel's defense, not, not offensive weapons, but defense, and then also Taiwan, Indo-Pacific. And this is the one we, that we put forward months ago to which the Republicans demanded that border stuff be in it. And then once we put the border stuff in it, they demanded that it, that they, to tank it. And so they did. And now we're back to exactly where we were months ago. Meanwhile, Ukraine's running out of ammo and it's, it's very bad. So hopefully we get this passed and hopefully we have enough Republican support in the House to pass it too. Mm-hmm. But we, as we know, the, you know, the Nazi caucus, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and all those dick bags, they don't want to pass it at all because they, from the beginning, they just don't want to fund Ukraine. So yeah, here we are. We'll see what ends up happening. We'll keep you posted. We have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, as expected, Donald Trump has filed his emergency application for a stay with the Supreme Court. And this is in his immunity case. He wants to stay the mandate issued by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, affirming Judge Chutkin saying the president is not immune and he's not subject to double jeopardy. Now, I'm reading here from Steve Vladek's newsletter. So everybody right now, hit pause on this show. Google one first by Steve Vladek. That's his newsletter. And subscribe. Uh, Then read number 66 in full. It's called United States v. Trump. 
He writes, this is what Professor Vladek says, for Trump to keep the trial on hold, he must apply to the Supreme Court for a stay by the end of today, which now, Dana, he has done. Mm -hmm. He could still theoretically seek rehearing from the D.C. Circuit. That's on bonk. But the panel's order, that's the D.C. Circuit Court's panel, specifically provides that such a petition would not pause the mandate. In order to pause the mandate, he has to apply with SCOTUS, which he has done. Um, and so that's kind of where we are, right? And he goes on to say, that's why everyone expects Trump to take this to the Supreme Court today. If he doesn't, then the stay expires and Judge Chutkin can resume trial. And although formally Trump could seek cert and a stay at some future date without filing today, the fact that he could have kept the trial on hold but didn't would weigh very heavily against such relief down the road. But that didn't happen. He did ask for the stay today. The specific application Trump files will almost certainly ask the court to stay, i.e. freeze, the D.C. Circuit's mandate pending its disposition of a forthcoming petition for cert in the Supreme Court. And so basically, Trump has said, hey, Supreme Court, stay everything, and then I'll apply for cert later, right, for on the merits. Uh, and that's what Steve Vladek says here. He says, in other words, Trump says, I'm going to appeal to the D.C. Circuit's ruling at some point, but until I do, keep the trial on hold. It goes to Chief Justice John Roberts in the first place in his capacity as Circuit Justice for the D.C. Circuit. Each justice of the Supreme Court is assigned to one or more of the of the circuit courts of appeals, right? And that's why I think there should be 13 justices because there's 13 circuit courts. Uh, and Roberts, Roberts, Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> Roberts. Roberts. That's back to the frog orgies. But Judge Roberts, Justice Roberts, will quickly order a response from Special Counsel Jack Smith. That hasn't happened yet. Who represents the federal government. But contra to some accounts you might have read last week, there's no need for Roberts to issue an administrative stay that temporarily pauses things while the Supreme Court considers Trump's request. Again, the D.C. Circuit's mandate cleverly keeps the mandate paused while the Supreme Court considers the application for a stay. So nothing happens to the D.C. Circuit's mandate until Roberts or the full court rules on Trump's application for the stay. And Steve Laddick here says it'll be the full court. As for what the full court will do, there are four options, although only two strike the professor as reasonably likely. Number one, they could deny Trump's application for a stay. This would be the biggest headline uh, because the court would be unambiguously signaling it's okay with the January 6th prosecution going to trial. The court wouldn't formally be taking a position on the underlying immunity question. If they do this, such an order would almost certainly have no explanation, but it would signal that no more than four justices and perhaps fewer think that Trump is likely to win on the immunity issue. That's one of the standards, Dana, for mm -hmm. granting a stay is, is you have to be likely to win, which would mean the Supreme Court would have to be likely to grant him full immunity. Which they're likely not to. No, hell no. Judge Chutkin could restart the clock as soon as that order to deny comes down. Trump might still seek cert from the D.C. Circuit Court's ruling, but the writing would be on the wall for how the Supreme Court would rule on such a petition. They would deny it. They could also grant the application for a stay and say nothing else. A lot of folks on the Internet are worried about this one, where the court would keep the January 6th prosecution on hold, but leave to Trump the full timeline available for seeking a rehearing from the full D.C. Circuit on Bonk and certiorari from the Supreme Court. 
This outcome would effectively make it impossible for the January 6th prosecution to resume before the election, as the court wouldn't even be in a position to grant cert until June at the earliest, and more likely September. Now, he says, I really don't see this one happening, but he'll talk about that more in his newsletter below. Another thing they can do is grant the application for a stay and treat it as if it were also a cert petition and grant the petition and then set a case for expedited briefing and merits arguments. This result may sound convoluted, but it makes a lot of sense from the court's perspective. It would allow the justices to keep the January 6th prosecution paused for just long enough for it to decide whether the D.C. Circuit was correct, but it would also allow them to decide that question quickly to avoid the specter of running out the clock on behalf of the former president, which they probably don't want to do. If the court takes this path, Steve Vladek expects a mid to late March or early April argument with a ruling by the end of May. Treat the application as a cert petition, grant the petition, and summarily affirm to the D.C. court, this one seems unlikely to me, but not beyond the realm of possibility. This is the, uh, the fourth possibility. The court can and sometimes does issue merits rulings at the cert stage, but usually in order to reverse or vacate the decision below. The easiest way to summarily affirm the lower court ruling is just to refuse to review it by denying cert altogether. A summary affirmance here would be a way to provide a more affirmative endorsement. And one thing that's not going to happen is they're not going to grant the stay and then deny the cert. Right. If they're going to deny the cert, they're going to deny the stay. Two of these dispositions, the first and the fourth, would immediately clear the way for the January 6th trial to proceed. The third one would likely still allow for trial sometime this summer, and the second would definitely not. And he says, it seems to me the most likely outcomes are either deny it altogether or grant the stay and expedite plenary merits, the plenary merits review. Again, Professor Vladek then explains why he believes these are the likely outcomes. So I recommend you head to his newsletter, subscribe to it. He, The way that he explains it, it makes perfect sense. And you know my hope is they just deny uh, that right. they, I've read this thing because it's out now and the arguments don't seem to meet the three standards of granting a stay, especially the part where you are likely to win on the merits. There's no way he's likely to win on the merits. And then when you balance that against the public's right to a speedy trial or the public's interest in a speedy trial, I think everything all count, kind of countervails a stay and they would need five votes to do so. So I don't think they're going to get it, but we'll see. We should know probably within a week or two max what the Supreme Court is going to do here. Thank you so much, A.G. This one's from Haberman and Swan at the Times. Former President Donald Trump, another story in the news, is privately discussing endorsing his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, to be the co-chair of the Republican National Committee, according to three people familiar with the decisions. Mr. Trump has already told those close to him that his preferred choice to replace the current RNC chair, Rona McDon- Daniel, Ronald, McD- Ronald McDonald, uh, Rona <laughs> McDaniel, is Michael Watley, the committee's general counsel. But he's now also discussing Laura Trump who is married, as we know, to his son, Eric, as his pick for co-chair. The people familiar with the matter have said this. The party rules designate one male and one female co-chair. Miss hmm. Trump has Isn't worked closely. Affirmative action? Oh, how <laughs> <Sorry>. dare you? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Trump has worked closely with the committee for several years, and she is seen as a prolific fundraiser. And clearly, she would also be trusted by the Trump family. 
Mm. That is until she does something wrong. (laughs) However, two people describe the situation as fluid, given the various moving parts. Officials with Trump campaign and the uh, Republican National Committee, they did not respond to requests for comment. Laura Trump did not immediately respond to a message seeking comment. Ms. McDaniel, who has served at the head of the party's official body for several years, has told Donald that she plans to step down shortly after the South Carolina primary on February 24th. That's according to two people that were briefed on the matter. Now, Donald has publicly described Miss McDaniel as a, quote, friend, but she has been the focus of intense pressure from both inside and outside the Trump campaign. Well, Donald Trump, his team, plans to meld the RNC with his campaign as much as possible. A change from 2016, by the way, when he was the insurgent nominee whose team was often at odds with the party's stalwarts. And from 2020, when he was the incumbent president with a team that allocated core functions to the party committee. This time, his team is aiming for a little daylight between the two entities as possible, according to several people that were briefed on the matter. Well, despite Mr. Trump's heavy pull on the party, the new chair and co-chair must still run for election among 168 members of the party committee. And Donald's endorsement of Mr. Watley in 2023 as co-chair was not enough to pull him across the finish line to win. Hmm. can't imagine nominating your daughter-in-law is going to be any easier. Now, Larry Trump considered running for the U.S. Senate in North Carolina, which is her and Mr. Watley's home state in 2021, but she ultimately opted against running. It's probably a good choice. However, she has been spoken of favorably by some of Donald's outside supporters. So um, as Lori Kilmartin brilliantly called her of Eric in her comedy special, (laughs) apparently (laughs) Laura Trump is being considered for RNC chair. (laughs) Of Eric. Of Eric. All right. Next up from the Associated Press, a Republican lawmaker in Michigan just lost his committee assignment and his entire staff on Monday, days after posting an image of racist ideology on social media. House Speaker Joe Tate, a Democrat who is black, said he will not allow the House to be a forum for racist, hateful and bigoted speech. State Rep Josh Shriver, who is white, shared a post on Twitter that showed a map of the world with black figures greatly outnumbering white figures, along with the phrase, the great replacement. Jesus Christ. The conspiracy theory says there's a plot to diminish the influence of white people. Shriver, who represents portions of Oakland and Macomb counties, can vote on the House floor. But Tate removed him from a committee and told the House business office to oversee his staff members who can still assist his constituents. Quote, Representative Shriver has a history of promoting debunked theories and dangerous rhetoric that jeopardizes the safety of Michigan residents and contributes to a hostile and uncomfortable environment for others. That's what Tate said. A message seeking comment from Shriver wasn't immediately returned. He defended his social media post last week, saying, I'm opposed to racists, race baiters and victim politics. Uh, What I find strange is the agenda to demoralize and reduce the white portion of our population. So he doubled down. That's right. Sure. I oppose racism unless I say it in the next sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a sentence that completely debunks what I just said. <sighs> Shriver was elected to a two-year term in 2022. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat, released a statement Friday calling his post abhorrent rhetoric. Quote, we will never let those who stoke racial fears divide us, she said. 
I hope that is true for the 2024 election. Mm. This last one's from the Associated Press. We have an update in the case where Elon Musk kept refusing to sit for a deposition. A judge has ordered Elon Musk to testify for a third time as part of the Securities and Exchange Commission's investigation into his $44 billion purchase of Twitter, now called X, and that happened in 2022. Magistrate Judge Laurel Beeler issued an order Saturday giving Musk, his team, and the SEC a week to agree on a date and location for Musk's testimony. A week. You have a week to figure Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Also the third time, by the way, they've asked him. In a court hearing last December, Beeler said she would issue an order if the two sides couldn't agree on when and where the Tesla and SpaceX CEO would testify. Do you remember that? We covered that. She Mm -hmm. she was like, you have to testify, figure it out. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you too. And this is her telling him too. I love it. Quote in the story, the parties, at least initially, agreed to a date, but ultimately the respondent did not appear and resist the subpoena on the grounds that the SEC's investigation is baseless and harassing and seeks irrelevant information. That's what Wheeler wrote in the order in the federal court in North Carol- Northern California. Excuse me. Went on to say also he contends that the subpoena issued by an SEC staff member appointed by the SEC's director of enforcement exceeds the SEC's authority because it was not issued by an officer appointed by the president, a court, or the head of a department, as required by the U.S. Constitution, she added. Beeler said, however, that the court is enforcing the SEC subpoena and that the testimony is not unduly burdensome for Elon Musk. The SEC has given Musk the option to testify in Texas where he lives. The SEC has been conducting a fact-finding investigation into the period where Musk's Twitter takeover, when the San Francisco-based social media company was still publicly traded. The agency said it has not concluded any federal securities laws were violated. Yeah, they were. Yep. (laughs) Musk has already testified in the case twice, but since then, according to the judge's order, the SEC has received, and I quote, thousands of new documents from various parties, including hundreds of documents on Elon Musk specifically. He closed his $44 billion agreement to buy Twitter and take it private and try and destroy it in October of 2022. And that was just me adding. After a months-long battle, legal battle with the social media company's previous leadership, After signing a deal to acquire Twitter and destroy it in April of 2022, Musk tried to back out of it, leading the company to sue him to force him to go through with this acquisition. Uh, Well, uh, we're probably still years away from anything happening there. Lucky for us, now that it's the 2024 election, no big deal. What a dick. All right, everybody, we have a lot of good news to get to. If you have good news to submit, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, especially pronunciation corrections, especially Murfreesboro pronunciation corrections. Thank you for taking that. You could send those to us. Uh, If you have a shout out to a loved one or a small business in your area or your small business or yourself, we love self shout outs or a shout out to the VA healthcare you received or a shout out to President Biden for forgiving your student debt. We love those stories too. send those to us. Theses titles, dissertation titles, frog orgies, baby pictures, anything at all you want to send to us. 
uh, what the off uh, what the fark is in your arc any animal just send us animal photos and it, tell us if you want us to guess something about them <laughs> just, <send> them <laughs> just anything what color what breed mm. yeah what kind of animal is this kind of what animal? time is it when this was taken anything really send it to us dailybeanspod.com click on contact first up from maureen pronouns she and her Hi, Allison and Dana. Thanks for all you do for democracy and human rights with brilliant conversation, truth, facts, and good humor. I appreciate you. Wow. Thank you, Maureen. I generally don't write in for anything, but wanted to give you a shout out. After multiple degrees, BA, MBA, PhD, several teaching credentials, and over $100,000 in student loans being paid for 25 plus years, I am now debt free in time for retirement someday. Wow. Thank you to the PSLF. That's the public student loan forgiveness program and president biden absolutely what a great way to start today's good news this one's from sarah m pronouns she and her you two are my daily breakfast companions and i miss you when you're away <gasps> pronunciation correction because you asked the nyl in fentanyl rhymes with pill not fall fentanyl oh i said it right okay you are the best fentanyl fentanyl yeah you got it. All right. I probably mix a lot of match, people say fentanyl or fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl. Yeah. All right. Cool. You want to take? Shall the next I go one on? Too? Absolutely. Yeah. This is from Kyle. Pronoun. <laughs> no pronouns given. First time listener, commentator. Loved what I've heard. I received the last two episodes in a group chat. All of us in the chat are Northerners relocated to uh, Imburl by our company many years ago. Thank you for that, <laughs> Kyle. Very much. We loved hearing the attempts at the name. I thought I would add the local native way of pronouncing, assuming not many locals listen to the pod. Natives say, Jesus, Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Slurred together in a drunken southern drawl. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. There you go. The city is just north of the town of Shelbyville. Oh, pronounced natively as Shelville. 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 Okay. All right. Shelville. Thanks for the shout out. God, people must think I'm having a stroke on this show sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, shovel, shovel, shovel. Okay. Hafar, Dr. Hafar. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out to the residents of the borough. As many of us were transplants, the town grew from 60,000 in year 2000 to over 150,000 now. And I don't agree with the local politics. A lot is backward and moving away 17 years there left quite an impression on me. Kyle, thank you for yet another way to help me out and um, confuse me. I appreciate you very much. Murfreesboro. 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 I, I, I like how he just called it Mburo in the <laughs> Started <laughs> sounding Kathy and Jimmy. You're very, very pretty tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy and Mo, you look very, very pretty tonight in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We're in South Nashville. Okay. Next me. up from Anonymous Fangirl for legal reasons. Hello, Beans Crew. I just heard you give the news about the RFK Jr. fuckery and efforts to get on state primary ballots and the cautionary tale of politicians running as Democrats then flipping to Republicans once elected. And it made me extra pissed off at RFK Jr.'s Super Bowl ad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying to capitalize on the good name of late President John F. Kennedy and likeness of his amazing late wife, Jacqueline. I hope he and those funding his run are investigated and sued over it. Anyhow, before I got angry, I had planned to simply write in and say that I, too, rooted against the 49ers and was the only one in my household and among my siblings and their spouses to do so. 
it fucking paid off in my family bets. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I won a pool on the final score, overtime win by the Chiefs. To celebrate, I've spent a bit of my winnings on, uh, let's see, donating to a couple of premium subscriptions. Nice. Uh, don't Oh, donating some premium subscriptions plus a small tip for the house. Thank you. I, I, anonymous. So nice. I, I got those in my inbox today. Thank you for all you do to spread the truth and keep us sane. For tax, here are my two babies when they played football for a Chiefs team. They're both off their first year, off to their first year of college now, and my husband and I miss these kids so fucking much. No. But there's hope for the future as long as folks like you and those of us who love you keep amplifying the truth. Cheers to all you do. And thank you so much. By the way, what she's talking about is on the dailybeanspod.com website, Patrons Helping Patrons. She's donated two year-long premium subscriptions. If you want to be the recipient of a donated year-long premium Patreon subscription, go there, click on Patrons Helping Patrons, and you can sign up to be on the wait list to receive a donated one. And if you want to donate one, it's just 36 bucks for a year, and, uh, and then we can bring someone else into the Leguminati. Do so. it. Look at these kids. So cute. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. This is from BP, pronouns she and her. Hello, queens. Nope. Hello, beans, queens. <laughs> I'm telling you there's some dyslexia deep inside me. I want to offer photos of two woodpecker species in support of Dana's statement in February on February 5th edition that woodpeckers are beautiful. Bird photography is my hobby, and I use bird portraits to create wall calendars for family and friends each year. Aww. Secondly, I want to encourage everyone to participate in an annual global event, the Great Backyard Bird Count, during February 16th to the 19th. Everyone from novice birders to expert bird nerds can contribute by sp spending as little as 15 minutes identifying, counting, and reporting birds in your favorite bird watch location. If you are new to bird identification, the free Merlin Bird ID app can be used to identify the birds you see or hear. So check out birdcount.org. Get outside. Be a part of this global citizen scientist endeavor. Take your family and friends and have fun. Finally, for pet tax, I include a picture of my woods wandering and hiking companion, Hondo, a bicolor German shepherd dog. Thank you for all you do till the earth's axis toward sanity. Oh, oh sorry. The, yeah. yep. <laughs> Thank you for all nice. you do to tilt the earth's axis toward sanity. Photo one is a northern flicker. I'm going to keep my lesbian jokes to myself. Photo two is a red-bellied woodpecker. So there's two of them. There's a male and a female. And photo three is Hondo. Hondo. Look how beautiful name. woodpeckers are. I know. So pretty. Oh, Hondo. Yeah. Very handsome. When I was um, driving the coast down from San Francisco to Los Angeles, I can't remember where we stopped. Someone listening to this podcast has to know. It is this restaurant that's super well-known, like halfway between. And it's like up on a bluff and they have amazing burgers. But if you sit on a railing and you're overlooking basically the ocean through the mountains, um, woodpeckers will come and steal French fries out of your hand or out of your basket. They're not afraid of anything and they're absolutely stunning. This is cool. I should probably start submitting some of my pictures to the good news for everyone. I think so. Just like create an anonymous account and you can be like yeah. Brenda. <laughs> send in your photos. That's right. Uh, and, then, and then the next time I read the good news, I'm like, oh, from Brenda. Brenda's <clears throat> writing in again. Look at this. Yeah. So birdcount.org. This is so cool. Everybody go outside from February 16th through the 19th. 
and uh, and I guess you can input your results from what you see. But that's fun. like if birds had social media, like after that weekend, they'd be like, everybody was fucking looking at us this weekend. What the shit was that? Was that weird? Or was it was just me. Hey, John, <laughs> did you see that person? They were like counting us or some shit. <laughs> I wonder if the birds have a similar event from that same time period about spotting humans. <laughs> like there was 15 of them that day. <laughs> Next up, from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hi, wonderful witty women. I recently stopped in Muir, as in MRSA. Oh, Mur, as in MRSA free, as in freedom. Burrow, as in small donkey. Mur <laughs> <Mer> freeze burrow. <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of days on my way to visit my family for the holidays. I had applied for a position in a local college and had read coverage of local events, city council making it an offense for homosexual couples to show affection, which has since been overturned. I was relieved to find most of of the locals very welcoming, especially at Crying Cats Books and Records. Shout out to used books. Honestly, everyone was welcoming to me. Although as a cisgendered straight white woman, that's not much of a reach. For pet tax, I'm including an image of my sweet, so stupid girl, (laughs) Miss Mora Moon III, a foster fail, or would it be a success? I actually did genetic testing to find out how how a cat could be so utterly off as to have overgroomed her own tail to the point it would not heal, hence the four inches left after amputation. Oh. In addition to a recent discovery that she's allergic to food... I'm still working to figure out exactly what. I also learned that she has 22% heterogeneity. So her mom and dad were very closely related and probably (laughs) up and up through the family tree. (laughs) A lack of diversity that's not uncommon in cat colonies, but also which does not always avoid hereditary idiosyncrasies or abnormalities. That said, she's a light in my life, this picture. Also, testament to the importance of TNR, trap, neuter, return to the many community caretakers who feed and shelter cats without homes. Thanks for all you do to keep us informed and entertained with your witty repartee and honest and enthusiastic (laughs) cursing when needed. In this dystopian moment of our nation's history, you're welcome. You're welcome respite for the look at the picture <laughs> for the screeching that threatens to overwhelm us all. It got so serious at the end, but then you're looking at this photo. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was laughing. I couldn't help it. For those of you, is there a one? There's a onesie on this kitten. First of all, <laughs> secondly, there's the playing twister right leg over left ear. Um, and it's impressive. It's all very impressive, but I can see how that cat might be a little dull. Twenty-two <laughs> percent heterogeneity, and so her mom and dad were closely. That's in all caps related. Oh my god, this cat! Anonymous. Thank you for the joy and the laughter. I appreciate you very much. What a sweet baby. Okay, this is from Susan. No pronouns given. I love the conversation with Steve Pearson and he's doing and what he's doing for LA and California as a whole. I wanted to share that since first grade, my twin grandsons have been attending a STEAM magnet school in Southern California. It's been a wonderful experience in the arts for them. They're both uh, are learning violin and get to go on field trip to see professional musicians perform. The campus is diverse and includes a large Hispanic population, and the program serves them all. STEAM schools are growing in Orange County, and that sounds like a good thing. Excellent. Yeah, when I I was, um, I'm not sure if you were here for that conversation, uh, Dana, but I was t- when I went to Tribeca to meet up with uh, Robert De Niro and 
that whole group. I talked to Stephen Van Zant. He's you know the guitarist for E Street Band, who gave mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Raskin his headscarves when he was going through chemo, which was amazing. Uh, we talked about that, but we also talked about Steam because that you're at, you're adding the A to STEM, right? Uh, to make it steam and the A stands for the arts. And I think that that's amazing. That's something that that. that he truly like fully believes in and supports and backs with his own money and time. It's fantastic. Very cool. Also very impressive name dropping in that last sentence. When I went to go visit Robert De Niro, I was uh, talking to the guy who made Jamie Raskin's headscarves and uh, we were talking about... I don't know how else to tell the story with it. Well, I was I talking to this old guy and a musician, and they're really into steam. I don't think it has the same. That's hysterical. Yeah, are you kidding me? You should be so proud of the rooms you're in. You deserve, <laughs> you're, you belong there. And it just makes me laugh sometimes when we when I hear us talk about things. I'm like, if someone else heard us say that, it just sounds douchey. Oh, <laughs> but it's I, like, I, you're living your life. The imposter syndrome is real. Like, I'm in that room, right? Lawrence O'Donnell and Katie Fang and Andrew Weissman. And I'm standing there. Glenn Kirshner invited me to speak. And I'm like, all these people are speaking, including Robert De Niro. And I'm like, Glenn, I'm not speaking tonight, right? And he's like, yeah, no, there's not. No. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) Thank you. Because that would be weird. We've got the E Street Band. We've got Robert De Niro. Here's Allison Gill. You know, I bet you everyone in that (laughs) damn room knows exactly who you are and would have been stoked to hear you. Oh, I think my favorite part was when Ellie Mistal like took me aside and he's like, you know, because he and I disagree kind of a, a bit on some things. Um, but, you know, we're friends. But he's like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing nice. what you're doing, man. And I was like, dude, high five. Thank you so right much. On. He's the coolest dude. All right. Finally, from Cal Sang. Hello, chicklets. I want to share something that I love. It's the Make America Kittens Again browser extension. I first stumbled upon it in 2016, and it helped me immensely as I was trying to cope with the reality of Donald Trump presidency. For some reason, it stopped working for a few years, but now I've noticed it's back, and I love, 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 love it. Here's the deal. The Make America Kittens Again extension replaces pictures of Donald Trump with pictures of small, furry adorableness. Log on to your favorite news sites, and instead of having my senses assaulted with orange fury, I can have them tickled with orange, four-legged, furry bundles of joy. I just wanted to share how much this makes me smile. It truly helps me uh, take in the good news. Awesome. So look, there's an example. (laughs) I love it. Of the prosecuting Donald Trump podcast with a photo, but instead of Trump, it's a kitten. (laughs) So it's called the Make America Kittens Again browser extension. Thank you so much for that, Cal Sang. And thank you to everybody for sending in your good news. We really appreciate uh, the time that you take to craft these entries and send them in and all the photos. Please send it to us, anything you want at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. And again, if you want to donate a one-year Beans subscription for patron, for a patron, or if you want to be a recipient, you go to dailybeanspod.com. Scroll down on the front page until you get to patrons helping patrons. And that is where you do all that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are all amazing. We've had Dana over, I think, a thousand gifted subscriptions. That's fantastic. How cool is that? Very cool. Amazing. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here today, my friend? No, I just wishing you all a wonderful day. Yes. And uh, congratulations to the deep state Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe I can get on the White House list for when they visit. That would be great. Ooh, there you go. Go meet the go meet Tay Tay. I don't know. That'd be fun. It would be rad. Plus one. You hit me up on that one. I totally will. The Golden State Warriors day was pretty great. So not bad. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And those are Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.